You're listening to a special Drishti Point podcast. I'm Farinaz Rally, and I'm here on the phone with Sarangi Master Garuba Ghosh from India, who is currently in Brussels, I believe, and will be shortly in Vancouver. He's considered a master of the traditional classical sarangi instrument, and I'm excited to talk to you about it today. Welcome. Thank you. So I thought, you Glad know... to be on your show. You know, our show is about yoga, and yoga has a long history of connection to um, music and the yeah. form of music and as, as an expression of the divine, as an expression of um, how we can use universal sounds to evoke certain emotions and experiences. Can you talk a little bit about um, the instrument, the sarangi, and your experience as a musician in using music um, to elevate the consciousness of people? Well, the sarangi is a board instrument, has three strings, main strings, made of gut, and has 35 resonant strings. The main resonating part of the instrument is a parchment-covered belly, which yields a kind of a voice which is close to the human voice. And so this instrument, Sarangi, has been known as almost the human voice or instrument. And because of the resonant strings and the parchment, it creates a beautiful halo around the sound that comes from the strings. And the Sarangi uh, is an ideal one to accompany singing classical singing and semi-classical singing of the North Indian styles. Coming to the sound value of, of the sarangi as compared to, as uh, contexted to uh, going beyond the verbal domain. Like the flute, the mansuri, which incidentally was uh, innovated by my Uncle Panalal Ghosh, who brought the bamboo flute to the concert stage from the folk genre. So like the flute, the sarangi also has a very close um, resemblance to the human, not only the voice, but also the respiratory system, the, the inward and the outward movement of air and breath and the thought that comes to the mind with the transport of this breathing system. As you know, since you are dealing with yoga, the breath is the universe. When the breath is in, is in synchronicity is in equipoise, we find that we are in tune with the cosmic order and we are in tune with our own physiological status as well as the status of beings around us, maybe at close distance or even at far distance. So the breath is the life of the universe and if we are very, very alert and observant of our breath, we almost observe 
all the goings on in the inner chambers of the, ourselves so the sarangi as like the with the mansuri both represent a very inner sound not that this sound is created by the is, is happening inside but it and it's an indicator of the kind of warmth that exists in our hearts that exists in every being which is pro life it never is actually uh in a any negative never entertains any negative domain it always yields positive feelings positive thought positive build up and that's where the philosophy of yoga that is union of the atman that is this one the 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 soul with the paramatman that is the cosmic soul these two unions this union between these two gives rise to contact with the truth the absolute truth and therefore any sound which connects us connects the atman to the paramatman is to be dwelled dwelt on both as a listening exercise as well as a contemplative exercise these sounds help us to go inwards and find the original sound the primordial sound from where the universe we believe has emanated the om as it is said in the ancient scriptures there are other words also in which humans use to indicate that primordial sound but the fact remains that there was the sound which the vibrations of which led to the creation of the material universe and of the potential to have future universes so sarangi is one instrument which is very very true to life in the sense that it is initially very difficult to master initially i mean but later on as you begin to get the um, feel of it good feel of it then the joy and the sweetness of sound the warmth of the sound really makes us feel that even inorganic substances have life so life is not only limited to organic beings but also inorganic beings hmm. and that that brings us very very close to see that the cosmic law is apply, is applicable both to living beings organic beings as well as to inorganic beings as the atoms which move within a rock the same atoms 
move within an organic body. And if we are able to synchronize this, people who have been through this exercise in the most distilled form, they reach the state where they don't see a distinction between themselves and the rest of the universe, which we call the singular truth, the non-duality, that is Advaita. And all yoga, all union attempts to reach that state where the other no longer exists. Only the one exists. So instruments like Sarangi, the human voice, the Mansuri, these all help us to reach to that state of Advaita. That's beautiful, um, what you've been saying. It's so appropriate for the work that we do on this show and the kind of wisdom that we try to bring to our listeners. Um, music is such a beautiful form of expression of the divine. What's, um, what's it like for you as a musician to work with such a divinely designed instrument? For me, it's... Uh Every time I get to sit with my instrument, I feel it is the same as sitting for meditation. And meditation where we are not rejecting anything from the universe. We are including everything from the universe. Because there are two kind, primary kinds of meditation. One is the rejecting, which excludes everything. And the other, which includes everything. It is better that we start with the inclusive path and then go to exclusive path, exclusive path. Because then as you begin to include, 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 a sense of discrimination arises where you begin to see that which is real, that which is transitory. And then the rejection process becomes a very natural thing where you reject all that is fleeting, all that is impermanent, all that is um, beyond, all that is uh, subject to the movement of time and space. And you reject all these things and you come to that which is not affected by time, neither by space. So, whenever, whether, you're sit, whether you are sitting for meditation or you are sitting in front of great mountains or in front of the ocean or meeting a great being or looking at a flower or playing any music instrument, provided the thought is very clear in your mind that the instrument and the sound have something to say about the source which is behind the sound. And if our attention is focused on that, trying to discover, rediscover, rediscover that source, which is the cause of that sound. It is nothing but direct meditation and totally non-strenuous, totally involving, totally energizing, and it becomes effortless. And you are, it's just you are taken into a, a very pure state of the source itself. And so whenever I sit with my sarangi, I feel that 
I am sitting on the threshold of the point where time and space cease to exist, and that's a very, very, uh, very real contact with eternity. Which we don't know. We only know the word eternity. We we will only know it when we will experience it physically, not mentally. Physically, when the body experiences contacts eternity, only then it will know. Any number of philosophies are useless until physiologically we contact eternity, and that can happen provided we know the constraints of time and space, which also have a limit. Time cannot be infinite. Space cannot be infinite. There is a point where these are where these energies will collapse. If we can manage to be at the threshold, there is a possibility that we might be able to free ourselves from time and space. So, sound by itself, since it is supposedly the cause of the universe, if we can use sound, the ordinary day-to-day -day sound musical sound or even the sound which is constantly going on within and try to reach to the innermost core to the source of this sound we will definitely see the truth and the truth which which is which really when you confront it or when you are in contact with you will find that that truth has never been defined ever before in your life. It is a fresh definition of truth. And it will be only unique to you, it will be unique to somebody. There is no one truth which is unique to everyone. Each one's approach to that truth is unique. And it will remain so, because it is related purely to the Atman who is wanting to free himself from constraints of time and space. Now, I uh, imagine that, you know, audiences around the world that listen to your music have a similar experience to what you describe as being in a, a vibration that they somehow are able to transcend their ordinary consciousness and touch something much deeper. Is this um, true for your experience when you um, perform in front of audiences? Well, to be very, very honest, when I, whether I'm practicing by myself in solitude or I'm playing on stage, I feel very, very fortunate that somehow I feel led to the state where I am by myself on the stage and I go within, deep within, deep within. And I find that I am, for me, the audience is not, gradually lose its, loses its uh, distinctiveness from me. And I find that the same being, the same awareness in me and the same awareness in them, the same entity, which is 
present there, whether it is in my body or in the body of the people who are there. So if that entity becomes more and more tangible, its very nature is to unify. The very nature of that entity is to unify. You cannot do anything about it. It's only by going within that you rec recognize the entity and that entity takes care of whatever has to happen. You cannot shape an audience's feelings, but you can definitely enter into that entity, into the domain of that entity, realm of that entity. And that entity will either, will, will do whatever it wishes you cannot just do anything about it. And if I think it's, it's, it's a very contagious thing that if I am on the right movement, on the right path, then it definitely the energy begins to react, begins to resonate in every other being. And people do come up and tell me that this experience was just like deep meditation. We have never experienced it before and we are very, uh, we feel purified. When they come and tell me this thing, I really, really don't feel that they are telling me anything. I really feel that they are telling this to themselves because it is their own internal self, their inner self which is telling their outer, outer self what they have experienced. I just happen to be a bystander at that point. So I feel fortunate that somehow it doesn't at all occur to me that they are coming and complimenting. They are just, it's their inside which is talking to their outside. And I feel, yes, what you are seeing is what I am also feeling. Mm -hmm. So there is, there is no distinction. And I, I prefer to go home with that mood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> you know, I have one last question. Um, yeah. What would, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview that the instrument is very difficult to master. And um, what inspiration can you give to people who would like, have found something in their life that they would like to master or found something that puts them in touch with the divine vibration How, what uh, is there anything you can give us to give us the inspiration to persevere and to, to continue despite maybe the challenges yeah. I feel <clears throat> a couple of things need to be kept in mind born in mind one is that to do the thing which you really like to do from the core of your heart. But for that you have to really take responsibility because you have to clean up whether that real wish to do whatever you want to do is influenced by your past. I'm not talking of past births, but your own past in this life. Whether your circumstances, peer group, friends group, masters, teachers, friends, rivals, None of them should occur in your discovery of your true wish. 
if they occur they they need to be uh, with the broom they need to be removed from your heart however good the friend may be and you have to come back come down stay to the innermost core and go to that wish if you follow that wish you will find that it is very simple very direct and very easy to approach we find so many meditation techniques but the more we chase different techniques the more we fall in trouble because the question of mastery question of achievement question of uh, destroying the ego question of destroying something comes up and the very action of changing the state see of the ego or mastering the body mastering this mastering that any action which tends to alter this this state of life tends to go very against the very purpose of life and so if you find the innermost core of you wish you will find that there is automatically there is no effort involved in controlling anything in reducing anything or in expanding anything the the central truth self takes care of it so the whole problems in life are when we don't use the broom properly we have to use the broom clean up all the garbage between our our outer self and the inner self and the path is very clean very easy very short very direct and very true Well, it's um it's been so wonderful to converse with you and uh in cyberspace and I'm very grateful for the technology that enables us to do so. And I I deeply thank you for your time um to be with us here on Drishti Point and I hope that your your tours go well and that uh I look forward also to your concert here in Vancouver. Thank you. Sure looking forward to If you can come it will be wonderful. I will definitely be there. Thank you again. Okay, welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks.